and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I am your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho. Josh, nil-nil draw to Seattle. How are you feeling tonight? I mean, obviously you always want to come away with three, and we definitely had a couple chances there, right? So it's somewhat of that lukewarm feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. But anytime you take away points, away period... It's never a it's never a poor a bad result. Let's put it that way, right? Right. <clears throat> and so, you know, obviously there's there's a couple things that you know I know you and I wanted to dive into as we kind of look at this thing because it I think this was kind of the litmus test to see of kind of see where we're at, right? Like it's hard. It was hard to make some judgments after the the run of games because again, some of the opponents just haven't been all that great. Right, like mm-hmm. Portland today gets smashed five one by Atlanta. Um, so again, obviously the res- you know you're happy to pick up the three points there, but we also did give up two two goals late to them as well, right? And so I think there's definitely things that we can look at um, across the board and kind of see where the team's at at this point. Um, and again, is there anything that they need to do moving forward before um, the end of the close of the window? Right. Right. I think you're I think you're spot on there. We have LAFC coming, you know, to finish out this roughly two week stretch. They've played five games. Um that's Portland, New England, Alajuelense twice, and now Seattle, right? And this is um arguably the second most difficult game that you probably expected, maybe the third. Definitely the most difficult in-league game that you were going to play. Um, just, what, two and a half days after after a CCL match? We played them. We played on Thursday, correct? Wednesday. Or Wednesday night? Okay, Wednesday. so Wednesday. Um, and then you have an early Saturday game, um, which is, is kind of brutal, but that's the way it's going to be this season. And until... LAFC or I mean MLS starts to mess with their schedule a little bit more to to help teams get through CCL and all these competitions that they're in, which is never that's never going to happen. Uh, it's not. This isn't going to change. Nothing's ever going to change about this. So all you can do is try and add depth and and more quality at those depth positions so that when you do rotate, you're not missing too much. And I think you're seeing LAFC have quality depth, but that it's only one piece that you have everywhere, except for center back. I think you've got two okay pieces to rotate in, but everywhere else at fullback, you have one depth piece at midfield. You have one depth piece and at forward, you have one depth piece. And after all these games, and an injury to Hollingshead, you see that it's a problem. Yeah, I mean, I think Trundle said it best in the lead up to this game, right? In terms yes. of yes, what did. would what what, and again, it's it's refreshing to hear, right? Because mm-hmm. um, again, you don't often hear it, especially from coaches. Um, but I think it was definitely eye opening when he basically was like, you know, you need to take the training wheels off. Yep. The you know off the, yeah. off the roster, I mean the roster limitations I think are the hardest thing to compete with during this portion of the season. Now I actually think 
the schedule is better set up for long-term success than it has been in previous years because of the League's Cup thing. Right, right. Right, so because of the break that you, quote-unquote, break that you get from League's Cup, and LAC do have a bye, right, in that first round. They do. So you are you are going to get a little bit more schedule relief than you, I think you normally would have um, in previous seasons f- in, in regards to the MLS regular season, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times... Which you see from teams that are trying to push for CCLs, they shoot themselves in the foot um, in league play in, in the basically the first two seasons, you know, the first couple months of the season. And just yeah, I mean, prime example in- was Seattle. Like mm-hmm. Seattle won CCL, went all out, did a great job last year in CCL, and ended up missing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And again, that's that's a tale's oldest time, right? That that's a mm-hmm. a more regular occurrence than we would you know than we would like. But again, I think I think the the season being broken down into those three phases, where it's basically CCL, League's Cup, and then MLS Cup. I mean, again, it de- right. unfortunately devalues the regular season, right? But it does, it does, you know, significantly in my opinion. But while simultaneously allowing you to kind of prepare yourself for for the you know the competitions that we at this point we probably deem more valuable, right? That being. The MLS Cup at the end of the season, a League's Cup that gives you bragging rights over Mexico, and then CCL, which is the continental one, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it is you know, it like, it is interesting that it's essentially just three separate tournaments that mm-hmm. these MLS teams are playing, right? And like, like you're saying, it, that's really the season, and the regular season is a thing that they're going to do. Um, because the, tr- the the true new treble, right, would be to win CCL, League's Cup, and um, and MLS Cup all in the same year. Yeah, probably. I mean, I... Right, like, to me, that, that is probably the most difficult thing to do, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I guess you can, if you were a win supporter shield also, that would be pretty impressive given the amount of games that you would have to play to win all those things. Yeah. Or yeah. if you want to add in, what's the uh, open cup? If, you know, if you open cup too, but open cup is the one I think that suffers the most, which is unfortunate because it's the oldest soccer tournament. In, right, but you know, MLS US. doesn't care about that. MLS doesn't care about open cup. Yeah, why would they care about open. that? Like, yeah, anything that involves opening yourselves up to to other other things. This, yeah, you know, American top American sports leagues want no want nothing. To do with it, the only thing MLS likes about Open Cup is the fact that when and if a USL team makes a run, they can then say, "Oh, oh, there's something here. We can we can grab these guys." Like Cincy made a couple open Open Cup runs, and it was like they got they got they attracted a following, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like, mm-hmm. "Okay, let's go, let's go get these guys. Let's get an ownership group together to pay the extortion. I mean, franchise fee, and we'll let them in the league." And I mean, it would be the same thing with Sacramento Republic. <laughs> like it's, that's the only reason they, they care about Open Cup at this point. Yeah. And so, because in, to a certain degree, for a closed system like Major League Soccer, it's lose-lose. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you beat, if you beat a, if you beat a USL team, well, you're supposed to beat them. Yeah. If you lose to a USL team, well, what, you know, like, why aren't you taking this seriously or what did you do wrong? <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, take a look at what happened. Like, Orlando won Open Cup, right? Mm-hmm. And look at what they did with their CCL berth. Nothing. They complained about Tigris players <laughs> wasting time, right? <laughs> Come on, guys. Anyway. All right, let's get into this game. That's enough preamble. Sorry. We normally like to just get straight into the analysis. Sorry. We, I guess that was kind of it. We started to talk about rosters, and we got sidetracked on a anti-MLS rant there, um, as we often do. So it is it is apparent that this is a this is a very difficult stretch. So everything that we're about to say is, you know, taken with this caveat in mind that this is a very difficult stretch, but there are going to be more difficult stretches just like this one because of fixture congestion. Uh, this isn't unique to MLS, but what is unique to MLS is the lack of senior roster spots, the last, the lack of an ability to go get higher quality players and higher quality backups. Um, so it's going to continue to happen. I think LAFC would be smart to start signing some players now because it's apparent that you're going to struggle trying to go for both. Um, both, you know, regular season performance and stay and staying in in CCL. Uh, Josh, what'd you see? Let's start with the forwards. What'd you see from the forwards today and what can, what was good? What concerns you for the future? Yeah. I mean, you could tell that the legs were tired, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I want to, you kind of want to start with, right? You could, t- you know, like the, the life that we saw in Carlos Vela's legs, through the yeah. you know through the first couple games wasn't quite there right he just played ninety minutes I think he played the whole game right on on Wednesday I think so yeah right and so there was one moment where I, he I he did make a move to kind of try to cut out um, a pass on a you know on on the press and then after that, that was the last time I saw him run so <laughs> he had one good run in him yeah that was it and then yeah. you could tell that he was looking to drop in a little more look to play in tight space but again he he just didn't couldn't separate in the same way that he he had been able to you know last week yeah even yeah right or or when he's only playing 60 minutes mm-hmm. previous right so that, i think that's part of the other thing too it's like even even if he's just on hasn't played 90 he still has enough juice to push himself in those moments but when having finished having just played a whole game it was always going to be a tough a tough ask right. for him to con- right. especially on the turf right where it's like yeah. you know look at look at you know the center back from Seattle right like just running yeah. on that thing there's a number on you so again uh, you know we there's a whole nother tangent that we we're going to stay away from tonight because we've we've probably beat that thing like a drum but um yeah like the you just didn't see the life in the legs that they've had previously from any yeah. forwards, to be fair, including yeah. the guys that usually do in, in Mahala and, and, and Bwanga. Right. Um, right. Next, right. It was Mahala's kind of come back down to earth a little bit um, mm-hmm. from the first couple, you know, you could just like, Oh, there was a, it was like the Chicho who for the, after the first couple games, yeah, like yeah. Mahala's playing right. really well, you know, these types of things. And, while he still gives you a lot defensively, right? I will say, you know, he still comes back. He's nipping at people's heels. He's giving you that press, um, you know, which makes up some to a certain degree. Again, he's just not as clean, not as composed 
in some of the situations. And then again, especially in build up, just didn't look great today, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The, you see, in his the, hold the, up play, his yeah. hold up play isn't there. Um, his his if you press him early when he gets on the ball, he is prone to make not the greatest decisions. It's probably a factor of him not appropriately scanning before the ball arrives so he knows like where everybody is and be able to play a quick pass um and i mean all that's just youth basically well Mm -hmm. the scanning and mental map is is youth and the hold up play is something he's gonna have to really work on i think if he wants to play in this rotating sometimes on the wing sometimes it's a false nine thing yeah and so Again, I think the the limitations were a little bit more apparent today, right? Yeah. And again, I think under normal circumstances, Vela and Buanga probably make up for a lot of those mm-hmm. of those shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you saw it in the first couple of games, right? Where you know, like you when it was Bleak and um, Mahala starting together, the, there's you know, it just didn't look quite right, right? right. Um, and that's with them having fresh legs, and then you add in you know, then you kind of add them in with a Carlos and a Buanga together and it looks seamless. Right. right? And they, the decision-making is a lot better. The The mistakes are a little bit limited, but when they're all kind of dead and you don't, and you can't make up for that, you don't have that burst anymore. It's hard to make up for some of those things. And so I think that's what you saw early on in that game. And they had next to no ability to build up anything in the first 60 minutes of the game. Yeah. Or so. Yeah. For sure the first 45. I think they had yeah, one I chance. Think there were the like 10, 10 minutes. 15 minutes where they were okay. And then Seattle decided, okay, we're going to come after you. Right. And mm-hmm. after that, it was, yeah, they had a really hard time. Everything was going long over the top. And we just could not hold up the ball. Not with Carlos, not with Apoku, not really with Bowanga. I think Bowanga would get on the ball. And he wouldn't try and hold it up so play could rotate off him. It was like, it's go time. And he would go right at a couple of defenders and then oftentimes turn the ball over. Uh, Seattle are a good team. They're a good team. So you're seeing the upper limit, right, of what LAFC is going to be capable of. And you're also seeing that upper limit on the heels of all these other games. So yeah, it's, I mean, and, and let's, let's it's a little unfair, saying, but... Right, that it's the upper limit when you're also half-dead making a CCL yes, run. Yes. Right. So mm-hmm. again, I do I think that give me at a, in a home game with Chiellini and Law, you know, Chiellini and Mario at the back with um you know, with and a, and a midfield and forwards with fresh legs, it's going to look yeah. a lot different absolutely. Yeah. Right. Give me, you know, and again, nothing Plencia had a great game, mm-hmm. especially defensively. Especially defensively. Especially yeah. defensively. I don't think but Hollingshead has that game. No, I actually don't. I, and, and I think the, the ceiling may be higher for Palencia in the long run. Mm-hmm. But offensively, the, his ability to combine with Carlos is just something that you just haven't, we haven't seen quite quite yet in the same way that Hollingshead and Carlos make it look so good. Right. And, I, well, I think, I think that's largely a product of Palencia's work in the final third. Like, he's okay mm-hmm. combining it. You see, again, no surprise, Ilya will come over, and it's like they have, like, this mind meld already um, because they've grown up in the same system, right? So it's like exactly they know exactly when to go forward, exactly when to pull back, exactly when to play the ball square, whatever it is. 
and then get forward. But then you see Palencia like once he gets in, the crosses aren't great. He's not really going at guys and beating them on the dribble like Hollingshead will will do, right? Hollingshead is very aggressive in that attacking third, and he'll beat guys. So anyway, I think I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, I mean, is <laughs> as of right now is Palencia like the anti? Kim Moon Wan, right? Like, <laughs> who was like super attacking but lacked a little bit defensively. That's good. That's and Palencia has yeah. been very good at the back but lacking on the other side of it. Like, right, his crosses right. are, are generally not that great. Yeah. Right. His, you know, he doesn't see, but again, down the edge, like he's fighting with, you know, like he pocketed. What was it Morris was on that side quite a bit? They had right? to switch and, Morris off at least twice during the game to move him right? to the other side because yeah, I mean, because and you would see Palencia like anytime Morris would touch the ball, even if he was in the midfield or you know in the middle third, like you'd see Palencia fly up to him, close space, and Morris couldn't do anything. Like he was he was done. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, do I think Jordan Morris is? A world uh, like a world beater? No, I don't. But I think he's a serious threat for MLS. It's because he valued his dog more than he did improving. But, you know, that's beside the point. <laughs> Always coming back to that. Um, so yeah, I, I thought I thought Palencia looked good. Um, w- going back to the forwards, um, the last thing on on Apoku, you see the miss on the finish. The, so when you see these things happen, the problem there is he's reaching back with his left foot. I'd have to go back and watch the film to see if it's possible to take that. I always like when players take it across their body and finish, um, or they kind of short it and kind of like chip it to the back post. Maybe that's what he's trying to do, but just look at the way his hips are pointed on this finish. And that's a large reason why, why he just completely scuffs this ball um, and doesn't have it anywhere near on target. So when I look at the depth there and I see that Opoku's effective against kind of like lower level, mid-table type of, like super effective against mid-table type MLS teams, right? Effective enough against some CCL opponents. Look dangerous at a few times, a few times against Seattle. But like when you're talking about in the heart of the playoffs, are you going to be able to lean on him for starter minutes? I don't know. And if yeah, it, I mean, if, Go ahead. He may be better as that. I think you're right. As like as that super sub in these bigger games, right? Like, yeah, seems yeah. To most because again, his energy is is unrivaled, right? Like he just right. is going to make cause havoc in the last, you know, fifteen minutes of a game when you're mm-hmm. when you have not when you don't have legs. But at least as of right now, I don't know if it's clean enough to carry to carry a. Um, to carry the team through against a tougher a tougher opponent, right. especially right. if you're not playing at home, right? And then now yeah. this MLS format became this best of three thing, <laughs> right? So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? I guess again, you again. So then the the crazy thing is, right? It makes home field advantage that much more important again, yeah. Which means you yeah. you have to actually perform re- relatively well if you don't want to have to travel because again, right? The I don't think these guys have any idea what playoff travels like in, in the same sense that, mm-hmm. you know, basketball, baseball, NFL, have, you know, not even NFL, just basketball and baseball really are the only ones that deal with yep. it in terms of having to fly back and forth back and for forth. a series. Yeah. Yep. You know, the, well, not only that, but the idea of playing a series 
in soccer is so asinine. It's so stupid. Like, there's I mean, a reason. The last that you time play you do home. it is in travel ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should tell everybody. So, travel, travel soccer, travel, like a travel program, travel club, travel, whatever is a banned term in the club that I run. <laughs> I just, I hate it so much. Um, but you're 100% right that that's the kind of stuff you see in quote unquote travel ball. Um, and that's one of the reasons I hate travel ball in the term. Anyway, um, I, I think I think they are going to need, after you see them kind of struggle to, to finish, struggle to hold up, struggle to um, really create against one of the better teams in MLS, another probably top five team, I would say, uh, you're going to need another forward. And it probably needs to be a center forward. That way you have both Apoku and Butte coming off the bench. Or I mean, who knows? It might be it might be one of them starting by the end of the season. You never know. But they're gonna need one more. Taylor Twelman keeps talking about how likely it is that there's a center forward coming. Um, I wouldn't doubt it, given given what JT has pulled off. Uh so Bobby Firmino, come on down. Um yeah. I mean, they're saying what two? Uh, I think he, he also mentioned the brackets. There's he thinks this is but they're two pieces away is what um, JT has articulated in terms of how far away. Oh, has he said from, that? Yeah, okay. they the, in the broadcast. Um, Twelve, they're kind of talking about that whole thing because okay. again, same yeah. thing around the 60th minute where everyone just looked like they got nothing yeah, left, yeah. right? And so you know they're talking about the roster construction and these different things, and you know like. Hey, they look great in CCL, but this is what happens when you play five games in thirteen yep. days, yep. right? And so he, um, but he said that they're the JT noted they think they're about two players away from having a team that can compete in every tournament. That yeah, no, I mean, if if you have if you have another forward, absolutely. If you have a center forward that you are throwing out there to play the lion's share of like the most important minutes and the most important competitions. And I absolutely believe that like oh. you are, you are right there. You know, so it's probably a center, like another forward and then a six slash eight. Yeah, right? definitely. Definitely another midfield. I think, I think if we want to move on to that part of the, of the, of the game today, like the midfield, I felt like from the beginning really struggled to win second balls. Now, granted Seattle's midfield is full of DPs, right? Rusnak and is pseudo like a DPs. DP light. Yes, <laughs> uh, he's a diet DP, um, and so it, it's going to be tough anyway. Um, but you could tell that, like, the, at the rate they weren't winning second balls at the rate they normally do, they were really struggling in build up, having a hard time getting free. The press wasn't quite landing. And when Seattle did nick the ball off of them, it was like super easy to disorganize them and, and play through that pressure because there's just not enough in their legs. So I do think I do think the four midfielders that you have, the more that I see Tillman, the more I'm like, all four of these midfielders are absolutely legit. Like you don't have to worry about them at all. Like you can you can mix and match, you can rotate them in and out, and I think you're gonna get a very consistent level of play even if all of them bring a little bit something different. 
Yeah. So I mean, but the, you're, and again, our issue right now is like, it, what's a cost as healthy health? Looked like he, you know, yeah, I don't he know comes out with a, a hamstring injury, right? Hamstring. You know, again, he walked. He was he jogged immediately after that play to get back yeah. onto the ball. Could be a bit um, a big a game a gamesmanship there, trying to see out the game. But yeah, but I I do think it's it. it he he's been playing a lot too, right? He's a guy that probably needs yeah a, a, yeah a week off or so. Ilya is another one, and again, again, like you don't want to have to run his gas tank dry, right? Um, right before right. before it's too late, and so again, you're are you going to give minutes to Chrysostomo? Duaneus was the guy that kind of came in today. Look, uh, you know, I mean, I think the conclusion you draw about Chrysostomo is he's not he's not a serious player. <laughs> like, I, it's not that that sounds wrong, but he's not like a serious. He's not part of the rotation for at all, for sure. No, if Eric Duaneus is coming in in that moment where you're like really trying to preserve that game. Then Chris Ostomo is just on there probably to play at LAFC two if he's eligible. I have no, no I idea what the rules and, are about that. Go back and check. But did they did they move into a um, what's it called? Did they move into a like a the cheeky move up or did Duaneus play in the midfield? No, Duaneus was in the midfield. Okay, which we had heard right. There was there was yeah. I think yeah. that they had talked about him kind of moving over to the six. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, I think, and before he got hurt, um, and he was starting to play in the preseason more as a midfielder. So again, maybe he's that guy, you know, you know, has yeah. that those deep has those defensive um, instincts, having played fullback, and he, maybe he's a guy that can come in and just, you know, he looked fine to me. Yeah, like I mean, he, he didn't break when, the game when open. he comes in. Yeah, didn't he? he was, didn't look didn't look out of place. Didn't look. You know, he, he was kind of just there, no but he change. also didn't do yeah do anything. Yeah, didn't do anything wrong that made me worried that we were gonna we were gonna lose that game. I mean, in fact, right when he by the time he came in at that point, right last 10, 15 minutes of the game, you know they actually looked better offensively because he had legs. He had legs. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is wide when Sifu uncorks that that shot from way outside. Uh, he is wide open. I mean, wide open outside all the pressure and kind of like right along the border between the half space and the, and the wing just begging. He's yeah. not literally begging, but his position and openness is begging for a pass. So then we can play a ball in behind, but Sifu went for glory and missed. I mean, the last he often time, does. unfortunately the last time Sifu hit that shot was in that, in that tournament. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And what is it? U twenty. It was like a U twenty tournament or whatever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I don't know. So yeah, I, one more piece. One more piece in the midfield is what I would say. The funny thing is, there was a rumor just today about Alex Oxley Chamberlain being linked to the Galaxy, and Tom Bogert again has this information because he works for the league. People, <laughs> right? Mm. Uh, he he kind of squashed it and said like, they don't have the money. They don't have the space. They don't all this, but LAFC do. And then that tweet was later deleted. So it does make me wonder if LAFC are shopping for midfielders still. Um, Josh, what would you do if LAFC signed two Liverpool players in like the next three months? Not even just two. Those are two of my favorite Liverpool players (laughs) in the last few years. And not because of, 
you know, like Oxlade had like a two month run where he looked like he was going to be the answer in the midfield, and yeah. then he tore his ACL against yeah. Roma um, in, in that in that year, and then but and then obviously Bobby has been Bobby is is the heart of the yeah. the rock and roll football, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but even, more so from the personalities, Liverpool puts out these like. Christmas videos where they go to the hospital and like hang out with the kids there and it mm-hmm. those two guys like always are like such a huge hit because they're just nice people right yeah and so yeah. yeah I would be over the moon man if the if the those were the two but it it honestly does make sense because the I think the part with what Bogart mentioned was it's less so much that they don't have money it's more so that they can't make any summer trend they can't make That's any a, yeah summer that was the other that was the other thing yeah right and both of those guys are under contract until the summer. Mm-hmm. So any European, any of the European guys are out basically for the Galaxy that they, unless you know, right. guys that they can get. I'm right. not even sure they're allowed to like sign up, like to sign a pre-contract, pre-contract guys. I don't guys. think so. I'm sure there would be additional sanctions if they, if they tried something like that. Yeah. Because it, you know, kind of defeats the point. Right. So I think the, mm-hmm. their whole, like they have anyone that they bring in, they have to bring in now. Right, yeah. um, before the April, whatever. So, if the question just becomes like, do they have, do LFC have enough to get get to June? I would hope so. So, right? yeah, I mean, you'd have to, you'd have to perform decent again. If we look at the three competitions, right, you have enough to go the distance in CCL. If mm-hmm. you punt a little bit more on regular season play, and you say, "Hey, we're we're on seven points already through three games, we can continue to rotate as much as possible." More Duenas, more Chrysostomo, um, whoever else, right? And yeah. and you're you really to be prioritize fair, you're also, the CCO games. You are also gifted the fact that you're playing Vancouver in the next round. Not that Vancouver is not a good team, but it's the travel from a travel perspective. Right. Right. You're not driving you're not flying five hours, six hours into Central yeah. America, you know, or even into Mexico. It's a th- three two but two and a half hour flight to Vancouver. Probably. Right. Well, and then I mean you might you might end up with Philly in the next assuming you get past Vancouver. Yeah. You might end up with Philly, right? So you're looking at five more games that you have to shoehorn into this schedule, right? Mm-hmm. And you're assuming your, you go the distance. Yeah, and also your May schedule is pretty, it's fairly light, yeah. right? So April's tough, right? Because April's April after, tough. right? Like you have Dallas, who's been playing okay, right? It's, you know, it's not a team that you can roll over for, but you're at mm-hmm. home. You have Colorado away. That's that's a that's a good game to rotate. Yeah. Vancouver CCL away to start. Um, I think away again, you, away is the second. You you're at home to start. No, it says away. Vancouver's here. second game. On here it says it has Vancouver listed as away. Is that a regular away season to Vancouver game? first? Uh uh-uh. uh Champions League. Do we have? I thought I thought it was determined by goal differential. Yeah. Well, they scored like six goals in that. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. I thought we oh, were going true. to. I thought we were going to Vancouver second. I yeah. could be wrong. I mean, again, Doesn't unless really unless this Google calendar is wrong, but it has LAFC listed as April 11th, and maybe it may have been a scheduling thing too. 
Okay. But then you also yeah. have Austin sandwiched in between there at home on the eighth. Which is looking more and more like a game that you can rotate and maybe even steal a point. Yeah. No, it's Austin at home. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. Austin's looked atrocious all yeah. year. And then you have Trafico on the 16th Yeah, away. Again, so, so that's you, that's you, like you, the same thing, like the fifth game in two weeks, which is a mm-hmm. major bummer. So but. the question just becomes, do you, do you go after Vancouver in the first leg so you can sit back at home? Right. But you're also playing on turf there. And their turf is like carpet on cement. So who knows what they'll decide to do there. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you again, you at least have technically three home. You have Austin at home, Vancouver at home, and then Galaxy, which is, again, somewhat home because you're not having to travel. Right? Jeez. At least from a travel perspective. Another five games in 15 days, man. Yeah. Then after that, Nashville, Houston at home, San Jose, you're fine. Yeah. Real Salt Lake, Sporting, San Jose again, and then St. Louis at home on the end. At, I mean, the end still of May. five games though in yeah. in May. St. Louis will be a big game because you're likely to be first and second, mm-hmm. or they're probably you know you're still going to be like two of the better Western Conference teams. Yeah, so. I mean, St. Louis is going to have a tough run of things i think coming up they, they, they're they're gonna have to go you know they play at seattle yeah they're gonna play yeah. cincinnati who's look mm. good um they're playing dallas in in a way um, right you start playing some better teams away and that press isn't going to be quite mm-hmm. as effective um and, and we again, all know what happens that, when high press balls to the wall team you know end up yeah i mean and then they, in, they've like, been further on in the season yeah, but. they've been extremely fortunate with their, you know, with their, um, what's it called? With their, their scheduling. Because, again, they drew an Austin team that has looked shambolic. Yeah. Charlotte has been miserable. It's somehow today, worse than Austin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Portland, terrible. Mm-hmm. San Jose, terrible. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So, again, like... I mean, LAFC started out. Remember, they 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 we played Seattle in that first game, right? But mm-hmm. it was like Dempsey was on his last leg in that yeah. first season already, and then we went on a nice little run there until you go to Atlanta and got hit with the buzzsaw. Yeah, yeah, right, right. So honestly, I think that they may get. I'm I'm going to predict that when they go to Seattle, that Seattle runs them over. Yeah, yeah. If they Seattle's don't get a, beat, Seattle's a good team. Mm-hmm. Again. Uh, and and you saw you saw it today. Um, so anyway, we're talking about depth in the midfield. You have those four midfielders that are kind of mix and match. It, man, I, I I would just love to see another midfielder. And if it's an eight, that's awesome. Now Acosta's the guy that you rotate in for Ilya to rest his legs, um, who just looks more and more important. And I'm more and more impressed with the way that he has handled the workload because that man has put in some serious minutes. And today on turf, again, like went sit with ninety. I don't know. I don't know what that man's eating to to stay so healthy. But um, all that Ibarico pork it's, or something. It's a, I have it's no a idea. career of fully understanding <laughs> your limitations and your strengths. Right. Right? Yeah, because I mean, you could you could see he was taking his foot off the gas. Like he was 
he was more than happy to jockey five yards away from on rushing yeah. ball carriers. But it's but it's always smart, right? You know, it's it like, is. It's he'll do it in a place where he's it's not he rests when he when he knows he can, you know. And then again, he's instead of running at a guy, he's gonna run. He's gonna take an angle and run fifteen yards into space where he's just yeah, in your yeah. way now. He's not yeah. even lunging in. He's just in the vicinity to bother you, so you don't mm-hmm. have a clean look. Again, it's just it's ultra intelligent football. Yeah. Right. If, yeah. if you're gonna tell me that he's gonna become the next manager of LAFC after Trundolo, I'm probably Fantastic. not mad about it. Fantastic. He and Chiellini. Mm-hmm. Um. So speaking of Chiellini, let's move to the back. Um, we already talked about Palencia having a fantastic defensive game, not offering as much in the attacking third, but he also had, I also think it's a factor of like, Hey, we can't be overly aggressive here because we do have Jordan Morris running at our back line. Um, Mario and long. We talked about this right after they signed Aaron long, that if this was the starting pair that they were going to all, but abandon any semblance of building out of the back. And you see why today, <laughs> because uh, Mario's fine if he's not the primary distributor. He he can, you know, buy some time, play a good pass, play things over the top. He's fine. But what you saw today, especially at the beginning from Seattle, is that if Aaron Long's on the ball, they're not going to step. They want Aaron Long on the ball because he's no good on the ball. Um, this should come as a shock to no one. And again, it's not that we, he needs to, you know, LAFC need to bench him or trade him away to Austin um, for a lot of money because they're desperate. But it's it's just to say, like, this is the limitation that you're going to see, and a smart and well-drilled team like Seattle is going to exploit this. So you see, like, right off the bat, Aaron Long plays a ball. He's, he takes far too long on the ball, and then he plays it to Palacios, not eliminating any pressure, plays it to the hit the wrong foot, and Palacios has to take three touches to get it to where he can play a ball. And by that time, one of the brothers rolled on. I don't know which one is able to close him down. It has to go back to long. And you just see this over and over and over from him. If he has a giant like Lincoln Tunnel-sized lane to pass through, he'll hit it. But that's it. That's the only way he's ever going to break pressure with his passing. So it's just a major limitation of his game. Yeah, but but I on mean, the flip side, you fair, see... Like- him winning aerial duels. Yeah. Like the again, Seattle's been killing people. Yes. Getting down in this like what is the formation? He says it's like a two one six, basically. So I, I think, three, I one, think six. they play a three one six. Um where they have Alex Roldan push forward to overload the right wing. Christian Roldan tucks into the half space. He's the actual right winger, but he tucks in. So you have the brothers Roldan in like on the wing and the edge of the half space. Rui Diaz is in the middle. Jordan Morris is holding width on the left. And then you have Nico Lodero just basically picking where he wants to go. He can go in between, you know, he can go to the left half space. He can come into the right half space. Wherever he wants to go, that's fine. And then Rusnak, who's playing as a in a double pivot, fills in behind him, right? So what you typically see is them overload the right side, which is why Palacios looks so shaky today because... He's defending like four guys all the time by himself. Um, and then they'll play that ball over the top, like we've talked about, to Morris or Rui Diaz, who Rui Diaz is a great finisher. Uh, Jordan, not so much, but still a threat. And if, you're, if you've got six guys in the back, Jordan Morris just gets like they just lose track of him, which is something that Dolo 
specifically tasked Valencia with not doing today. Sorry, I cut you off there. No, I mean that's that's it, right? Yeah. So okay. you know, like given <laughs> given um you know, given what Seattle has been doing really well yeah. within that in that formation, right? With like Long came in and, you know, like I said, he and Mario like basically just shut down the middle of the park, right? Like there's not a whole lot you're doing with those big those guys in the middle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So and and for as good as Seattle is, they're also not entirely that great at playing through balls. No, no, to their not strikers. at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, which is surprising given given you do have a guy like Ladero, right? Who's who's been like, but again, I think what he's yep. thrived on is is putting in kind of looping looping balls into space for the, yeah. that come yeah. down in as opposed to you know playing a ball on the ground, right? And so right. again, this was kind of strength versus strength from a defensive perspective. I agree. And, and I agree. You know, like I think if we're if we're playing against another team that's more possession based, you know, that that's gonna do some things on the ground, maybe it's a different story. But in terms of for the because again, the chance that he kind of lo- there's a chance that he he didn't really give up, but lost Rui Diaz on a couple, right? Um Two is big where ones, he's I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it, it's more because the the way that the ball is again, it, where he's going to get beat is if is like that that low cross that's fizzed across the box, yeah. um, because he can't track it in the air, right? Mm-hmm. Versus again, if you're going to try and go up top, good luck. You're not going to do too much against Amrio and Long in that situation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's there's two there's two big ones for me with Long on on Roy Diaz. One is a cross from the right hand side. And Long is just kind of standing in the in the box. Like Rui Diaz is wide open. Palacios has gone to pressure, and Rui Diaz is all by himself. And he kind of flicks it on. So, like the first mistake is not being touched tight with Raul Rui Diaz in the box. Like that's a big no no. And then the second problem is he doesn't win the ball that's flicked on. Now reactions, it happens quick, whatever. But like you gotta, you have to win that ball. The second one is I think it's Jordan Morris on the ball. It actually, might be Lodero can't remember it's coming down the left wing this time and he's running back and you see him look over his shoulder he sees Rui Diaz then Rui Diaz pops it like pops over to Long's left and then just goes back to the right hand side behind him and is just like wide open and LAFC are fortunate that nothing comes of it but yeah. again but if I mean, we're not talking seen... about Bobby Wood here we're talking about yeah. one of the best strikers in MLS in the last four years for sure but I mean we've seen um, fall get undone by that move by from yeah, Chirito, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? So I mean, the best strikers are going to put you on tilt, right? Right in that in that same in that situation. Again, the question just becomes, you know, like do you have the balance to deal with it? Chiellini, I think again, what you're talking about is 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 his where he messes up there is that he just loses that contact. Where right. you see Chiellini not fall for those things is that when. When that guy makes that move, he's got a feel on his jersey. He's got a feel for where he is in space, so he yeah, knows yeah. exactly where he's going to make that move. As opposed to playing this kind of zone, zone space kind of right, thing, like ball oriented. Like if I just win the ball, doesn't matter where that guy goes, right? Yeah. So I think that's. I guess to me, that's that's more of the issue. You know, again, where you know, that he's running into is that I think he's used to defending space. That yeah. Red Bull system, I think, is is somewhat built upon that from the center back position, at least. 
right? Yeah, again, yeah. The 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 marking up top is supposed to negate a lot of what those things. I mean, that's fine. In, you just got to win the in ball, ener- and he didn't. In he energy didn't in either soccer. of those instances. Yeah, but the the only reason I, I'm I'm hard on him like this one we've had a bone to pick for years, sure, and this is probably a bit of justification for the way I rate him or don't rate him, but two and more importantly is because we still don't know like what the what the partnership is supposed to be and it, it's pretty clear that it's going to be some sort of platoon rotating thing um but like when they signed Aaron Long everybody every like the biggest names in MLS commentary were talking about Aaron Long is going to be the starter on this team and that to me is a big mistake. So I'm going to continue to push against that and point these things out because it like it matters if Aaron Long isn't good on the ball and he's not a 100% lights out defender then he he's not he's just not a starter for me. It's just not going to happen. So um I I that's that's the only reason I push so hard on this. But solid depth, you one of the best attacks and I would say unique attacks out of that three one six in in at least the Western Conference, uh, but probably all of MLS. And you come away with a scoreless draw, and everybody's tired. Like the press is ineffective, and you're kind of defending out of this four five one ish thing. Um, I mean, they were in a low block for a lot of that mm-hmm. game, just kind of absorbing all the pressure and seeing if you can counter. And they couldn't, obviously, but. Um, but I mean, a good it, defensive to me, it is comforting. It's comforting to the fact that you know you can park the bus when you need to. Yeah, and even right. if, even if even if your top center backs aren't available, you can still do it. That's, yeah, that's really because I have a feeling that the, they wanted to just nick a goal early on in. Yeah, right. That's why yeah. they pushed so hard in the first fifteen minutes, and then just mm-hmm. sit back for the rest for the rest and absorb the pressure. Because again, I think they are comfortable doing yeah. that. Right. When and, you have, I mean, if that's if that's the result of it, why wouldn't you be? Mm-hmm. Right. This team can this team can ice a can ice a game. Um, that was also another thing, like the way that they wasted time and mucked it up, and uh, you know that created a lot of havoc. I think even though LAFC are probably the ones going in for more housery throughout the game, I'm fairly certain Seattle's the one that ended up with far more yellows. Yeah. I don't know what the actual numbers were, but well, because that's it was the, it, it's like the aftermath of the scrum. Right, it's like yeah, yeah. Immediately after that, like any, you knew that Elfath was going to try and recon, you know, take control of the game, so you had to be smart about it. And then Rusnak comes flying in, and at the very right, we cleared right. out. You know, so I, I don't you know, know. I don't know what Long is doing. <laughs> Still kicking that. It's like two or three kicks after, yeah. like it's clearly I thought it was, hands. in the in the fray of things. I thought it was un, like under his back. So right? did I. Which, so did I. Which is, I'm assuming, is that. If he's not controlling with his hands, is that fair, fair game? It's fair game. Yeah, fair game. If he's but, just on the ground and that ball's free, fair game. But once he gets, you know, fingertip yeah. on it, then so it's my over. my guess is that that's probably what he thought. Because again, I think like, like maybe he thought that just as we assumed that the he, fry was laying yeah. on top of it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I thought Seattle well, made. I mean, everybody's always going to come to the defense of the keeper, just like in the NFL they do with a quarterback. Um, but Seattle made a meal of that one. Like that was, there was lie. not I'm kinda, as much. I'm kind of here for it, man. Like it's been a while <laughs> since you've kind of had, you know, again, like Keelini, you know, you know, he does a bunch of these things, but it's so nice and so respected yeah, yeah. that no yeah. one's going to get in his face about it. <laughs> but I, 
I don't, again, I love, I love being in these moments and just, and seeing the team being able to frustrate mm, other, yeah. you know, these yeah. other players. Because again, like, you're going to come up against these teams that are, you know, that are more finesse or whatever. And again, you, you know, how many times did LFC in 2019 come up against a Portland team that just frustrated the crap out of you? Yeah. And to have a little bit of that, to have a little bit of that spice. I'm, you know, I'm not mad about well, it. Well, I mean, when I mean back then, when they were parked, if LAFC couldn't play through, they had, they were out of ideas. Mm-hmm. Like if they couldn't play that through ball, it was over. And I think this team is much better about let's let them build out a little bit. Let's set a trap further back to open up some space to attack on this counter, um, and go from there. So yeah, or anyway. they're also happy to attack in set pieces. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Four yellow cards apiece today. So, Elfath, maybe we... Well, one of them was weak. It was like Acosta coming... There was one in the middle of the field where Acosta picked one up. Yeah. I thought was, was kind of weak. Alex Roldan 100% should have had a second yellow. Yeah. Like, that is... That, to me, was where Elfath was like, all right, I, I got to stop influencing this game. Like, he did... I felt like he did a good job reining it in by just, like, mm-hmm. throwing him out like candy early. And then he was but like, didn't oh, shoot, want, But didn't want to do too much. And then yeah, in the biggest yeah. moment... Especially... There. Especially in Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, is just weak. But what are you going to do? Okay. Um, I feel like that's everything. I, I don't really think there's anything else to hit uh, in terms of what happened in this game. So... And I know we have a lot of comments... Which we love. Keep them coming. Let's see here. Okay. First one is from shoulder to shoulder. Are we worried about the lack of quality in Opoku's final touches of late? I wouldn't say just final touches. I'd say just touches and vision all around. I, again, like we talked about, this is kind of the upper limit probably for him where, at least for right now, he's a young kid. So there's going to be plenty of development and improvement likely over the year. But I think this is indicative of, of where he's at right now. Against a top team, a solid defense, he's going to struggle a little bit more. And he's probably not going to be the center forward you want him to be. This is where I think Buke looked really good today. Yeah. Also, though. Still effective today. Still effective. Mm-hmm. In a yep. game where no one really was, he was kind of the one that providing a little bit of a spark there, which you got to love, right? Because I think Again, he's he's in the end product still leaves something to be desired, right? But yeah. he's constantly creating opportunities, which again, yep. As a guy coming off the bench, that's all you want to see. That's it. Just continue to create. Okay, Jonathan Apuzology. Team looked absolutely gassed. How do we best manage the minutes in this crazy season? Is Dolo doing a good job of it so far, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think they're 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 doing what the best they can, but again, the fifth game is always going to be the tough one, mm-hmm. right? In, in with the, in the run, the last that last one. Unfortunately, in both of these circumstances, it is the biggest one. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's that it's that middle one, like you know what, which would have been the Revs game. Um, mm-hmm. and then the the Austin game, I think, will be the next one. In that series that you're gonna you're gonna probably want to take off your foot off the gas a little bit there, or in the case of this next one again, the, the travel is a lot better because you're going to it's Vancouver, but in that case, either the question just becomes, 
do you barnstorm early and then and then shut it down or do you play it safe in the first one and then come home and try and win it there but then you set yourself up for that away goals issue yeah, yeah. um if you if you do that right whereas you know like in that in the in the in this past round right putting those three up early put it, again it puts so much more pressure yeah. because if you get one and then it just ends it so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think they tried to take their foot off in the se- in that second in that second Aliense game but ccl they they made a run of it it's a little bit more tough yeah, yeah. i i think he would have been absolutely content to see out that game without having to bring on a bunch of those guys at the end mm-hmm. against Alajuelense. but he does because at the end you're kind of it's turns into a bit of a nail biter. Um yeah, I think I think Dolo is doing as as good a job as possible. I mean, you've seen essentially everybody get on the field, right? I think Tillman was a surprise start for me today. I I would have assumed because Tillman played so many minutes on Thursday or Wednesday, whenever that was, that it would have been Sifu because Sifu was also a sub in that game. But uh I mean other than that, I it, it's it's all kind of standard. What's really going to worry me is if Acosta's injury takes him out for a while because then it's like, here's this midfield that's got to play all those minutes against all those teams. Uh, that's that's going to be the problem. In which case, you do probably have to throw Duenas and maybe even Chrysostomo out at Austin. And, and who was the other team? Austin and... I mean, Vancouver is the one you're playing between. I think it's like- so you would have to go all in on Vancouver though, because it's knockouts, right? Yeah. So you have to you have to throw your starters out, and whoever's available again, you yeah. play them. Colorado not, away is probably Colorado, the one okay, on Colorado. April first yeah. that yeah. you're going for sure going to ro- see a ton of rotation because the next one after that is Vancouver, then Austin, mm-hmm. then Vancouver at right. home, then Galaxy. So if Acosta's out, then you really. You you just go at Vancouver and you toss both Austin and or no Dallas. And well, you have you have Dallas and Colorado coming up next. Yeah, but I think there's a week or at least five or six days right in between. Yeah, the next Dallas game is and, on the 25th. So yeah. yeah, a full week until Dallas, and then another full mm-hmm. week until Colorado. Yeah. So as for, I mean, as good a job as he can, I, I I absolutely think so. Um, Mike beats. At and I'll be you. Was it just our tired legs that foiled any build-up chance in the first eighty-five minutes? Um, I think that's part of it. Part of it's the center backs and the way that Seattle played. Again, they they put the ball on Aaron Long's foot and dared him to make plays. Uh, and then the other thing is, I the the lack of ability from the forwards to really hold up play and allow the team to get forward. That was another problem, right? And then. Once that ball has to go back into the middle, that Seattle midfield is going to swarm you. And if you don't have fresh legs to run away from them on the ball, then you're going to have to combine. So I think I think tired legs played into it. I think a lack of quality up top, like hold-up quality up top played into it. Or tired legs there too, right? They just can't run away from defenders either. So I think it, I think it played a large part. But not the... It wasn't everything. Yeah, I mean, again, it was kind of a perfect storm for these things to happen. <laughs> In this case, you know, like for thing, everything to go wrong, and 
you know, they didn't. So it's it can it's a good, great result in my opinion, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, next one, Rob Reigns. Still undefeated in league games. Does the ball move faster on turf? A lot of bad passes that just seem to go past their target. I think it depends on the turf and it depends on the grass. I I know that's not a fun answer. Uh, it's not a definitive answer, but um, I think the big thing with turf is that the ball just bounces because it's a, just a harder playing surface. Uh, so you see a lot of balls that aren't struck very well are going to pick up bounces over time and they're going to gain momentum that way. Um, so I, I mean, that's, that's my answer is just depends on, on both playing surfaces and I, I, I'd have to go back and watch these, these balls that are going past their targets. Um, my assumption is they're just bad passes, to be honest. But I don't yeah, know, Josh. I mean, again, I think getting, figuring out the weight of the pass is always difficult. It's different. I think, it's different. Yeah. Um, I thought Twelman said it was running slow because it was super dry. Yeah. Um, um, for this game. And so, again, maybe they're trying to just put a little bit too much on it to try and deal with it. And then if, yeah. and then if it just happens to hit a patch of turf that is better than others, right? Because that is going to happen. It's, you know, like as that the field gets worn down, right? You have to think about where, where the majority of that field is getting destroyed during a, during an NFL game, right? Yeah. It's right down the middle of the park. So right any down passes middle. played through the middle are not going to play nearly as well. Um, and again, passes down the outside, which is where I think they struggled a little bit. Whereas usually, you know, you have lighter receivers running down those lanes. Yeah. Tended to be a little less. T- those are the ones that seem to run longer and then, you know, in, in front as opposed to ones that were played through the middle where it seemed to just kind of die out a little bit. I mean, right. we got, we were fortunate. I think there was one towards the end of the game there where the ball just took a wicked weird hop and it kicked back almost um, on a through on a ball that they, that they had played towards, I think it was towards Ruby Diaz and it ended up popping back into space and LAFC were able yeah. to recover. Um, and so again, it's the unfortunate downside of playing in, in that nonsense. Yeah. There should be, there should be no professional games played on turf. We make a huge deal out of it when the U S women's national team has to play on turf and then everybody comes back to MLS and rightly so uh, regarding the U S women, like they should not be playing on turf. And then we come back into MLS and everybody puts their Rob Lowe MLS hat on and is like, nope, uh, turf is fine. It's fine. The league says it's fine. It's fine. Right? The league commissioned studies and those studies came to the conclusion that it's fine. So we're good. Um, If you read the actual literature, it's not. um, If you take a player survey, they'll tell you that they don't like playing on it. Guys like Chiellini don't like playing on it. Carlos Vela told you today that he doesn't like playing on it and it's different. Um, and you see a higher incidence of, of ankle injuries and Achilles ruptures. Uh, incidentally, you see fewer knee injuries. I don't know what the exact mechanism is there, but anyway, ground reaction forces. Mm. Like, Take it from the DPT, not me. Yeah. I'm just, it's an weird because scientist. I think I believe in grass <laughs> because your, the grass will give under your, will give some initially. Uh-huh. So your ankle can absorb in the, that initial shock, but it's that secondary move after you've also planted mm. into a deeper turf that 
causes problems there with me. Yeah. Versus in in turf because it is a lot harder. That initial hit is basically what you feel. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. There you go. All right, Ben Cox. If Segura is injured all season, there are three senior roster spots available. One of them a young DP or Max Tam salary DP. What would you do this summer to fill those, and what positions? Josh, I'll let you take a swing at this first. So, wait. So what's 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 available? He said. So you have three, three senior? senior spots if Segura is injured all season. Um. So I think the two spots are are. It's one forward, one midfielder, and one outside back rather than a, um, I think, rather than a center back. Yeah. To replace Segura. Yeah. I think you're probably okay with the four guys. You know, you're four deep if, at center back to with me, Maldonado. To me, you can draw that conclusion. If you went out against Seattle and you had one of your second choice center backs out, or third choice center backs out there and you held them to a scoreless draw, good. Like you're good on center backs, I agree. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm I'm thinking like at this point you can probably go and get a a right back, and not just or yeah, or another left back. Sorry, again mm-hmm. can be can be difficult to find at times. So if you don't do that, maybe another six. Yeah. Right. So if you're gonna go an eight, either a a nine and eight and a six, or a nine and eight and a left back, those are yeah. my that would be my two things. The reason being is because I think when you're attacking as much as LAFC do, really you just need to make sure you have a guy that flattens out the way Acosta does into space. I mean, again, he's so good at yeah just finding that that defensive. So you can get a two footed guy that can step out there. You know, play a little left back, whatever you need. That's fine. You know, we're probably good with that. So that that's what I'd kind of be looking for. Yeah. Yeah, for me, you spend the money at center forward and you find another midfielder that um, you can get kind of on the cheap. I mean, it could be it could be a big name that you somehow squeeze in, a la Christian Teo, you know, or Gareth Bale somehow. Right, not obviously that's it's not going to be that big, but if you can go get one more guy to rotate in there, I think having five forwards and five midfielders is enough to get you through. Uh, and then again, if Segura isn't coming back, then you'd spend that last one on. I agree, uh, a left back. Um, so you can leave Palencia and Hollingshead to back each other up on the right. Um, yeah, but I, I, I don't. I have to imagine Segura is, I don't know, maybe maybe he is going to be gone all season, but I just, I'm just not set on that idea yet. Yeah, so it's um, what, it's Firmino, Oxlade-Chamberlain, and someone else. Yeah, yeah. You want if you want right. to, if you want to make a Liverpool trifecta, you can probably go out there and get like a Alberto Moreno. He's probably <laughs> you know another another Spanish left back. Yeah. Very, very bad in defense, but good off, good off this player. Mm. All right, donuts at Steely Zidane. Really excited about the chemistry between Boanga and Poku this season. Appears to be on point through six games this season. Yeah, I, I mean, you see things continue to come together. Boanga finds a Poku there at the end, um, 
and we're just he's just not able to get it on target. Uh, I think that's going to, like I said, I think it's going to continue to grow. Opoku's still young, plenty of time and space to develop. And playing alongside a guy like Bowanga, who is terrorizing MLS defenders, um, is going to help open up space for Opoku to to create and get in behind and score goals. So, yeah, more power to I them. mean, it just makes it a lot easier when you're playing next to those two guys. Let's be real. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the Bacchanal. Should have gotten that smash and grab win at the end with a cross to Opoku, but not mad at taking a point on the road in Seattle. We kind of hit this. Again, the finish isn't great. The cross is. The work to get him there, to get everybody into place is great. Um, you got to have him. You got to have him. La Vanda Popular. Buke looks stronger each week. Same with Palencia, especially defensively. Still needs to offer more going forward. We already talked about all that, really. Draw away at Seattle in fifth game in 15 days is a good result. We've hit that one. Uh, if Apoku finishes any of those three chances, we take all three. Now full week to recover for Dallas. Um, anything on that one, Josh? No, I mean, set it up. It's pretty much what you expect. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all on point uh, to the you know mm-hmm. uh, to we I, we've already talked about all of it because we all see the game fairly similarly. I think uh, I will say you got to go at Dallas full tilt. You got to go after him, and if again if if Acosta is even questionable, I think you rest him and you just throw Tillman out there because that's still a full tilt roster. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, with those three midfielders, that's the luxury you've kind of fallen into by signing, uh, by signing Tillman and you get the three points and then that helps you juggle those next five games and all those different competitions. Um, Sam Lehman, what turf related takeaways from this match might be applied to the away leg of the CCL quarters in Vancouver. Josh, you kind of hit this one. Do you want to go back over that a bit? Yeah, and so and Vancouver's turf is worse than Seattle's. If that, if you yeah. can even believe that, um, it puts you into a weird situation because I, I th- from the schedule, it seems that we're going to go there first. So the, you kind of bottle that one. You know, you kind of do what you can to to lock it down early on, and then try to win it at home. Again, the away goals makes that difficult but again if if they're pushing numbers forward we're going to find we are good enough in transition that we can find an opportunity to score yeah. away as well even if you're not playing expansively right um so there there is that you know begin because you're not going to have Chiellini you're not going to have Vela at full speed there right do you really you know again it's 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 one of those situations where it's hard to justify pushing your best guys early on in that first in that first leg in my opinion. Man, I kinda wonder I kinda wonder if Chiellini can give you forty five. Yeah. Can he give you forty five on the turf? And if he can, throw him out there, see if you can create, see if you can steal one and then bring Aaron Long in to play the harder forty five in the second half. Um to save Could Chiellini's be. legs. Right, because if you need if you need Chiellini just to 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 open it up right from the back. So, there, so here's what I saw. Bit. Here's what I saw about Vancouver and the, the reason to bring this up. And you're talking about it, opening them up from the back. 
They played a very narrow 4-4-2 against Galaxy today. They might not do that against us. They might not do that at home. Got it. Uh, but if that's the case, you get the ball to Chiellini, and Bawanga is going to be feasting on the delivery from uh, from Chiellini out wide because he's going to be in plenty of space. And they're either going to have to go out and man-mark Bawanga early and come out of that 4-4-2, which opens up one of the midfielders, probably Sifu, uh, in the half space. And from there, you, like, you've like you already undone that 4-4-2 just by having that threat of Chiellini picking out Bawanga on the left wing. But we can save that for later. I, I Sorry, I, I kind of stepped on your time there. No, I mean, I think that's, that is probably... Again, the question is: Do you want to? Do you risk it there? Yeah, I, it's 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 risky, right? Again, especially on a turf that again, I don't even know if that ball. You know, again, you're gonna have to try and gauge. You don't know how that ball's gonna fly. You don't know how that ball's yeah, gonna land. Yeah. Um, so, does it come off in the same way that you would like it to? Versus, you get him in that home leg, play him, play Keelini for sixty, knowing you have the Galaxy game next following. So again, it, it, again, this is this is why they pay Trundle a lot more money to make these decisions than they do yeah. us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, next one. Jonathan Evans was a bit of a coming out party for Palencia. Josh, anything left to say on Di- on? Uh, I almost said Diego <laughs> on Sergio Palencia. I mean, is is Jordan Morris still in his pocket? I think he is. He yeah, just checked because again. He, he right next to his car keys. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. That it was very surprising because again, I did not think that's what we were going to get from him. But he mm-hmm. looks excellent defensively, good with body positioning, good with a lot of these. You know, with with knowing when to step, knowing when to do these different things. Um, again, I think his his connection with the Fords less so much what he's doing is is. He does it really well advancing into the midfield, less so much with, with the forward, because I think the forwards do so much interchanging that I think he's not quite I think that may be the biggest issue is like the three guys that he's that are going to pop up on that right hand side are rotating so much. All that, gonna do something different. Yeah. That's yes. a good point. That's right. a good and, point. And and again, it's it's not even just they do something different. It's just it's a different person every single time. Right. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, the, by the time he gets used to Carlos, it's Bongo there or it's Wait, or, Mahalo, or what are you Opo- doing over here? Wow. Yeah, and so yeah. again, I, that that's just going to take time, right? And again, right. same same goes with for all the new guys. If if we're starting to see these same mistakes and issues, you know, in August, different story, right? I expect right. to see them work through some of these things now. Yeah, uh, there was one uh, one little moment from him that I really liked. There was a ball in behind that he chases down, kind of shields. I think it's in between Morris and Lodero. And he does what we call a, a U-turn, which is kind of like this. You grab it with the lead foot and kind of, it's kind of like a like you drag it back with the sole of your foot and then turn and, sh- and continue to shield. Uh, and then he played a ball like straight to the feet of, I think it was Ilya kind of in like the right half space through a bunch of pressure. Uh, just like a clever little move to shake two attackers in his own penalty area. Like I, it was just, Cool to see that kind of confidence yeah. under that then much pressure. Then he followed it up with a, the field. like a three sixty spin move down the outside. Also, yeah, 
<laughs> which again, he's fun to watch, man. He's fun. Yeah. And again, like, like defensively sound. So, mm-hmm. so that's the thing. He's like, he's doing it in smart positions and he's not, he's not doing too much. So yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. All right. Somber Amarath, a good performance for a tired team. All that today proved is that we have grit. It, uh, we have grit this season and that we are still short a few signings to successfully navigate the workload of all competitions. I would like to see us see, sign a nine and either a six or a 10. So, I mean, right in line with what we said, yep. uh, good man. Right. <laughs> it's a good summary of the rest of the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. The TLDR version of this hour and now 12 minute podcast. Uh, here's our, our good friend, Josh Cacho. And it's just a gif of Bobby Firmino. Mm-hmm. Anything to add there? Um, I need to add one of uh, Alex Oxlake Chamberlain as well. <laughs> If you hurry up, we can get it before the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, Alan Kine at Tell a Tall Tale. Will Buke, sur- uh, will Buke fast surpass Opoku? Second game in a row that I thought Mahala was actually pretty bad. Wasteful and indecisive. Actually thought Palacios and Boanga were pretty notably bad as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think everybody kind of struggled, and I think this is a, a case of, of tired legs. Palacios just... Like we mentioned, overloaded, Bawanga isolated. Um, Mahala, I, I do agree that he was wasteful and uh, I mean, he didn't convert any of his chances. Um, and I think indecisive is the right word because he's not he's not seeing things quickly enough and then playing those passes soon enough. So anyway, the next one from Alan is question unrelated to this game. Will the talk of Firmino, with all the talk of Firmino to LAFC, how would we even pull that off and stay within compliance for U22 initiative? I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love it, but how? Um, I think the way is a you sign him to a deal similar to the one you got Gareth Bale on, which is below the max budget charge, below a TAM charge, um, or all TAM, right? I, I guess he'd have, probably have to be TAM. That's what Bale was. Um, but if you don't, if you sign him to like the max tam dp or whatever it is there's there's some sort of window there where you can designate him as a dp but he hits as a max tam player that you can still keep your u22 initiative um so if he's just tam you're fine because you only have two dps i think there's some wiggle room on the dp designation where you can still keep those u22s or you just sign them however um I don't know. Did I miss something there, Josh, or am I good? No, I mean, the other, my other thing would be Carlos was signed through the end of the season. Right? So oh, is there wiggle okay. room for him, for them to buy down his contract? Again, the rules on that, I have no idea. Right? The, I mean, the other, exactly the other part of it is you can pay, you can pay... I think it. I, I know that if you bring him in in the summer, only half of the salary hits mm-hmm. the cap. So even if you pay him, I think one point six or whatever the max tam is, it only hits his eight or something like that. I don't know exactly how that works, but there's wiggle room there where you can bring them in in the summer and only have half of it hit. Yeah, and some still... of it may be dependent on what happens with Sifu as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So maybe you're holding on to some of that TAM money that you have. Sifu becomes the young DP and you just sign him on TAM. Mm-hmm. Great. 
or Sifu stays on the contract he has and you sell him in the winter. Although I think I think his contract is up this December, right? So you're gonna have mm-hmm. to extend him if you wanna if you wanna cash in. So uh, I, I'm sure I'm sure they have plenty of ways of finagling this one. It's probably just gonna be similar to the Gareth Bale deal, is yeah. my assumption. But um, anyway. yeah, the unfortunate thing is, will is I think in in trying to navigate through these things is our our star man and Will Koontz having left for the galaxy, which what a is traitor, a, dude! Yeah, man, shot to the heart. Yeah, uh, so I mean, I get it. You got to get the bag, but come on, dude. Galaxy. I, I honestly, I honestly was hoping that he would have moved into one of those U.S. national national team positions. Yeah. So I think he would have been great in that. Yeah. U.S. soccer, though, already has their next nepotism hire locked and loaded, I'm sure. They got a whole, they got a whole round of people just sitting, just sitting there waiting to be tapped. But Is it Cindy Parlo Cohn's brother? <laughs> it's probably just Greg Berhalter again, if we're being totally honest. I, I see, I see this, uh, media blitz following the Christian Pulisic interview as simply like them testing the waters to see if they can get away with it, to be totally honest with you. But it's going to be Henri and then, and then Balogun's coming. I, th- I think Patrick Vieira would be the better signing, but probably, I mean, if it's Thierry Henri with Balogun, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I trust Henri as a, as a manager yet, but Henri with Jim Curtin as his assistant coach. I mean, Curtin did say he'd do that. If that's yeah. the case, if like both those guys are amenable to it, that might be best case scenario. But who knows? Uh, breaking news update: Josh Cacho has got his second GIF into the show. Not that you guys can see it because this is uh, just a crappy little podcast. But it's Alex Oxlade Chamberlain saying "scrub, scrub, scrub a dub, dub." I don't know if there's any extra meaning to that or not, Josh. No, it's just the funniest one I could find. All right. Well, there you go. Okay. Anything else we missed or are we good? No. I mean, like I said, you know, again, solid, solid result. Wish you could have got more. Not mad about it. Um, obviously, it leaves you with a little bit of concern just trying to navigate through the whole of it, through the rest of it. But again, this team has done well so far and, you know, we're going to continue to have faith that they're going to do the same. Yep. So we will talk to you again after the Dallas match. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey, Josh. LFT Josh on Twitter. See you next week. Good night. Good night.